Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marchessault fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marchessault. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Stormy Bonantoni, Chris Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... And it must have been... Okay, because Stormy is back with us again. It is her second day as our special guest co-host. Stormy, how are you doing today? First off, I just want to say excellent woo, and it was spelled correctly in the rundown and everything. (laughs) Nailed it. Great work, everybody. I'm doing great, although while you were doing that intro, I was like feeling a sneeze coming on, and I was looking to Mm -hmm. see if I had a cough button, and I don't. And so I have this trick where I think of a cow juggling pineapples to hold in a sneeze, and it worked. <laughs> like, works every time. Highly recommend if you really need to, like, it's crunch time. You don't want to sneeze in public. That's how you get out of it. Oh, and I just found out the mute button. <laughs> we do have a cough button. So there you we go. Okay, so, so you have a cough button, and yep. you just gave the world your trick on how to hold in a sneeze, which is fantastic. But, like... You probably could have gotten away with it because I'm sure that Chapman didn't have your mic up yet. Is that correct, Chris? No, it was way up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was way up. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, well-oiled he machine I'm professional here. and that I can that I can keep quiet. He yeah. thinks that. After 15 years of running a board for a radio station, I finally figured out how to how to have both mics up when the show starts. So yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's about you time. know, we always learn. We always learn from past mistakes, so it's always good to have all the mics open and ready to go at the top of the show. And let me tell you, we've got a lot to get into today on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. We have a fun exercise that we're going to get to in just a couple of minutes. We'll take a look at some free agents that are expected to hit the market and whether or not there's a fit for the Golden Knights. We've also got Shang Peng from San Jose Hockey Now. He's going to stop by at the beginning of hour number two to give us an outlook on what the San Jose Sharks might do in the offseason. And I guess blowing it up and starting from scratch isn't an option because they are not the Seattle Kraken. We've also got one-timers, so you're in for a massive treat today. But to start the show... We wanted to get into something that I think is incredibly intriguing. As we look at the NHL at large, there are a lot of teams that are in very good shape, the Golden Knights being one of them. You look at the way their roster is constructed. You look at the way they've been able to compete since coming into the league. This is a team that really wouldn't want to change anything in terms of the majority of their lineup. Maybe they want to add some things here and there, but they don't want to start from scratch. They don't want an expansion-style reboot. However, there are probably some teams in this league that if you gave their general managers a little bit of truth serum and you allowed them an opportunity, you said, listen, general manager, I am going to allow you to make a decision right now. You could either throw it all away, 
you can scrap it all and have an expansion-style rebuild. You can pick one player from every team, but you have to get rid of everything that you've got right now. Or you can stay the course, you can keep what you've got, and continue to try to, to rebuild and, and, and retool around the edges. I would guarantee there are some teams that would take the expansion-style rebuild. Am I alone in thinking that, first and foremost? Not at all. Oh, my gosh. I love this exercise. I think it's so fun because there are a few teams out there. Um, I know we all kind of sat down and picked out which ones we thought would prefer most to blow up their team and start fresh. Um, but I think it's cool because I obviously don't know what you and Chris Chapman have decided on for your teams, but I'm anticipating that there's a little bit of overlap and also going to be some differences. So that goes to show that there's you know more than the three that we picked that – might like the opportunity that the Kraken have ahead of them to start over, uh, build something new, have, you know, whatever the identity that they want to have figured out because they've been struggling. And uh, I'm assuming there's one for me that really comes to mind that I have a feeling we all have selected, but I, I'm not going to blow that up just yet. Ch Chapman, you think the same though, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm I, I think we all probably went with one direction Mm -hmm. However, I'm curious to see the other two that you picked because I have no idea which direction either of you guys went with that. I, I picked right. a team, and, and I'll just leave it at this, that I think would surprise some people because they're not a terrible team by any stretch. But I decided, and I, I looked over their roster, and I looked at their contracts and said, you know what, this team probably would like to wipe the slate clean and have a fresh start you know it, it's interesting that you bring that up because the the goal of this exercise and what i tasked everybody with today was to come to the show with three teams that would rather start it all over expansion style rebuild just like the seattle kraken are going to have next week and what i think is really interesting is i'm expecting all of us to have one team that's similar but I think where we go from there is going to give us a little bit of insight into, into where we are and what we think about certain things when it comes to roster construction and, and specifically contracts and albatross contracts. So um, let's get right into it. Stormy, give me your first team. Okay, team number one. I, yes. I'm going with the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I was trying to think in my head what it must have been like to be an employee of that team this season. Mm -hmm. They lost more games in a row than they had won all season long. And, I mean, nobody, in my opinion, is in maybe more need of just a top-to-bottom makeover than Buffalo. You think just the last handful-plus seasons, three coaches, three GMs, a bitterly unhappy star in Jack Eichel, who's obviously out of there. But you've got some really untradeable contracts, like the Jeff Skinner deal, $9 million average annual value. Uh, factor in all the losing, mediocrity in the bottom half of the lineup. I, I remember back in April – Reading this article, I think it was USA Today, and the title was legitimately like where this team ranks among the worst in NHL history. That was in April, and you're like, what? <laughs> but, okay, so that's that's my number one. <laughs> you know, 
it's as as good as the Buffalo Sabers are in terms of this exercise. For me, I didn't go with Buffalo, and the main reason I'm going in that direction is they're going to move on from Jack Eichel. I think we all kind of accept that as a reality, and I do think you can get enough value back in in that trade that that you can kind of retool and figure out what your identity is going to be. To me, the Buffalo Sabres trading Jack Eichel is more or less starting over from scratch anyway. So I didn't go the direction of the Buffalo Sabres, but I, I don't fault you in any way, shape, or form for going for them because if there was ever a team that could use a full-on reboot, it is certainly the Buffalo Sabres. Chris, what's your first team? Well, I'll just add that I think with Buffalo, they have they have a lot of really young players that they hope are the future guys like Middlestat and uh, Tage Thompson, as well as uh, some of the younger players that they drafted, like uh, Rasmus Dahlin, over the years. And obviously, they have a their first pick this year. So, like you said, Ryan, it is kind of like starting over anyway. If they move on from Michael, maybe hopefully for them, Skinner gets picked up by the Kraken, and then they really get get a fresh start. So I, I, yeah. I kind of went that direction as well, just because they have a lot of young talent that they're hoping will develop into something a couple of years down the road. My first team, I, you know, I, I, I guess I'll be the guy because as soon as you, <laughs> you mentioned we were going to do it, the first team that popped in my head were the San Jose Sharks. They're on my list too. Chris. Yeah, I, I, I think, <laughs> and I think all of us will agree for 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 reasons that I'll mention why. This team is one that would like to start from scratch, and I'll just start by saying they have a, they have aging stars. Mm-hmm. Brent Burns, mm-hmm. Logan Couture, both on the wrong side of thirty, both locked up for a long time, probably longer than than they would want these players to be locked up for. They have overpaid and overpriced vets like like uh, Carlson, and then they have bad contracts like Mark Edward Vlasic and Martin Jones. And I'll just add this caveat: they have no goalie. I.e. Martin Jones. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, and, I they, mean, and what an odd pursuit Devin Dubnik was. I mean, from the wild when that obviously didn't pay off. Yeah, and like, he's a UFA. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, are you really satisfied with that roster if you're San Jose? Because they've missed the playoffs now two years in a row. They have really nothing coming through the pipeline that, that we're, we are aware of. And they're stuck with a lot of players that, quite honestly, I think any general manager would look at and be like, oh, really? I've got this guy signed for this long and he's making this much? Yeah. Is there another NHL team that pays so much but receives so little in return for their defensemen? Like, I'm just saying it's $26.5 in cap space from Brent Burns, Carlson, and Blast. Three guys. Three Three guys. guys. And then you look at the other three defensemen and you're like, and they're all over 30, by the way, those three. Yeah, and you're like, who are, the, who are the other three that they have? You know, you're like, who are these guys? Are they AHL guys? But I, I, the, Shane, Shane Pang is going to be so mad when he has to join the show and talk about this for us. Well, you know what? If anyone could tell us how good those three guys that, that we don't care about are, it's going to be Shang. There's, That's true. The, it's going to be a long segment for Shang, and I kind of feel bad for him. But, the, I mean, the reality of the situation is I think we all can understand why San Jose is in desperate need of a reset. There, there's just too many contracts on the books that are albatrosses, and you cannot continually move forward 
if you are paying guys to underproduce. And the minute that Eric Carlson contract was signed, you knew that the writing was on the wall for the San Jose Sharks. They had a window of maybe a year. They went to a conference final, and then that was kind of going to be it for San Jose. So it'll be interesting to see how the Sharks attack the offseason. Um, I, I would argue, and I'm going to bring this up to Shang, no player on that team should be safe. If you can move any of those contracts, any of them at all, or you can entice the Seattle Kraken to take one of those big contracts off your hands, I think you have to entertain it. You have to do it because the cap situation for San Jose is just too, too bleak. Now, as much as I am I'm with you guys on San Jose, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to throw out a different team for my first, and it's going to be a bit off the board, I think, but I'm looking at the Chicago Blackhawks. And the okay. reason I'm looking at Chicago is for a couple of different reasons. Number one, if you just reboot in terms of an expansion style reset, you're already going to get better goaltending. Like, I don't think that that's very much debatable. You will find goaltenders that will give you more than what you've got right now in Colin Delia, Malcolm Subban, and Kevin Lankinen. So automatically you improve in that position. Beyond that, this is an organization that I think is always going to talk themselves into maybe just one more run, or maybe we can just kind of squeak into the playoffs and toil in that very mediocre middle until you get out from under Kane and Taves. And I think the issue for me isn't so much that the contracts are bad because you get three Stanley Cups in a six-year window. I think you have to pay a premium to win, and that certainly happened in Chicago. But I also don't believe that you can absolutely rip it down and start to build yourself back up until Taves and Kane are no longer on the roster. So this would just accelerate that process and prevent the Blackhawks from talking themselves into re-signing <laughs> Kane and Taves when their contracts expire in two years. This one really surprised me, Ryan. I'm pretty, but I mean, to be honest, like how far, how like long ago does that Stanley Cup run feel now? It's it's for yeah. hockey years. It feels like forever. So I could see it. I'm I wouldn't do it, but I'm not flacking you for that. I I I could see it. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, Chicago. Actually, you know what? That was one of the teams I looked at. But when I when I really looked at their roster makeup. I decided they have too many really good young players like Debrinkit, Kubalik, Kirby Doc, for me to just say, yeah, blow it all up and start over because those guys are all really, really good. And they all are very, very young. So to give up on those guys so so early and just say, Yeah, let's start over, I, I, I couldn't pull the trigger on them because I feel like those young players they have are gonna develop into stars. Well, and they still had like Despite everything, they were about a 500 record. They did make a, a semi-credible playoff push, I would say, before running out of gas this year. So I, at least for where they're at right now, I wouldn't blow it up, but maybe give it a couple years. Yeah, you know, it, and and to be to be honest, like I, I get that that line of thinking, but where I stand in terms of being in and around 500, either you do what you need to do to get worse to get better. Or you do what you need to do to get better. But like in terms of just being in the middle, like you look at the Minnesota Wild. They've been a team that's perpetually in the middle forever. And they just never go up or down. They never seem to kind of take another step. So I would much rather 
have it be painful and have it be bad for a little while, get some high draft picks and find a way to kind of get to a point where you're you're relevant again. And and right now, being 500's cool, like that's that's nice. You might get into the playoffs, but realistically, what are you going to do when you get there? Do you still like Jeremy Colleton to lead that rebuild? Uh, yeah, I, I don't have much of an issue with Jeremy Colleton as a coach. Like, I, I don't know that in terms of in terms of where I'm sta- where I stand on the Chicago Blackhawks, I don't think you can really commit to a full on rebuild until you are are out from under Kane and Tapes. I, I just I, like those two players have you, they garner so much respect that if you feel like you can get even remotely close to the playoffs, you kind of owe it to them to give them quote one more run at it. And I, I just think that for Chicago, you know they're not getting any younger. You know that it's not really realistic that you're going to go deep in the playoffs anyway. So I just think it's kind of pushing things further on down the road when you can just kind of make that clean break now and move on. So that's kind of where I stand on Chicago. Now I'm interested in your second team. Stormy, I, I know it sounded like you picked San Jose as well. Yeah. Uh, but you can go you in can, any direction you want to I was like, you, you can skip me now. from this round if you want since I picked Chapman's okay. pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then you'll get All right, me Chapman. on the third, the third trip around the sun. Okay. So Chapman, give me, give me your next one. My, my second team, it kind of falls into that line of thinking where you're talking about a team that's middling. Mm-hmm. A team that we believe will be changing divisions this season. So the road's going to get a little bit tougher for these guys. And that's the team that plays down in the desert. Well, the other desert, the Sonoran Desert. And that's the Arizona Coyotes. My reasoning is... I, I kind of feel like this group has taken you as far as they can take you, and it's really not that far. They have one legit star in Keller, and they have one aging star in Phil Kessel. They have an overpaid vet, and he's their captain, Oliver Ekman Larson, who I, I, I really like, but let's be honest, his contract is an albatross. He's under contract till 2027, and he's making eight and a quarter million dollars dollars a year it's so it's such an albatross and it's so heavy I don't even know if you'll be able to trade him just because it's 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 so bad four of the defensemen that they have on their roster who played last season played 40 or more games those are UFAs so right there based on what's probably going to become available in the expansion draft you're probably going to be able to get better players than those four guys Darcy Kemper he's a really good goalie I really like Darcy Kemper but I feel like He's kind of wasting away in the middle of the road with not a lot of talent around him. Could you upgrade? Maybe, right? The Golden Knights drafted a Vezina Trophy winner in their expansion draft, and that's not likely to happen again. But could you do better with a better roster and a lesser goalie? I feel like they're in the worst possible position. They're bang average just too many years in a row, and I don't see them moving up anytime soon, especially now that they're going to be going to a tougher division. So the road, the road for those guys is only one way down and I kind of feel like it's it's bleak for 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 Arizona. That's one thing I was going to say is it's got to be frustrating for them to be changing divisions at this point because oh, yeah. they're still just not where they're supposed to be and now they're getting in a more challenging situation. Yeah, they they no, may you're... be a playoff team in the Pacific, they're probably not a playoff team in the Central. I I think maybe a playoff team in the Pacific is a bit of a stretch. Uh they're certainly not a playoff team in the Central. So, um 
here's where it gets really interesting for me, and this is going to come out of left field, but it might not be the most shocking pick of mine yet. I'm going with the Minnesota Wild. And listen, I understand that it has been a renaissance year for the Minnesota Wild. I get that they went deep into the playoffs or deeper than they usually do, even though it's a first-round exit. They did get to seven games. And I understand that the future looks bright, but here's my issue, and it comes with the news that happened this week. I'm sorry, in a, ye- in a year's time, $12 million in dead cap space, and then it goes to 14 and 14 for the next two years. I, I'm, I don't understand how you can look at this roster, how you can look at the amount of dead space, especially in a flat cap situation, and say that starting fresh wouldn't be better than what you've got right now. And you're going through tough negotiations with Kirill Kaprizov. It yeah, looks like the, that's a player. What the heck's going to happen with that? That's what I'm so I, curious about. Well, the thing with Kaprizov is he looks at himself as an $11 million player, and that's totally fine. And he fine. wants short-term. <laughs> and he wants short term because you know what? When you come over and you win the rookie of the year and you're like 24 years old, you want to try to maximize your paydays. And for Kirill Kaprizov, not going eight years gives him another max payday if he can get there and continue to be very good. So I totally understand it from his perspective. And now that the Minnesota Wild have bought out Parise and Suter, mm-hmm. they're boxed into a corner. They've got to give Kirill Kaprizov what he yeah. wants. So Kaprizov at at somewhere in the ballpark of ten to eleven million dollars for me after just one year proof of concept, I think could be very very scary for Minnesota. You still have Matt Zuccarello at six million for the next three years, and all of that again navigating through the the complete complete albatross of what you've got on uh, on in dead cap space because of this the Suter and Parise buyouts. To me, the Minnesota Wild would welcome right now just an ability from a cap perspective to say, let's wipe it clean and figure it out again. Yeah, and Matt Dumba and Jared Spurgeon have pretty heavy contracts, if I recall as well. So, yeah, there's I, I can see and, where you're coming from with that. I'm just really I'm really curious, and I, I know we're talking hypotheticals and <laughs> something that would obviously never happen in a team that would blow up and get an opportunity at, uh, you know, just starting fresh and starting from cra- scratch. But this whole yep. Kirill Kaprizov thing, I just – they need to get it done. They have already put all of their eggs in that basket. It is clear. So make it happen and just get the dollar number out there. We are all dying to know how this turns out. What makes me laugh, because you mentioned Matt Dumba, you would think mm-hmm. the guys won multiple Norris trophies with what they've been willing to part with to keep him on the roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go back to the expansion draft. Eric Halla and, and Alex Tuck. Yeah. Now it, it, you, you can make the case that, well, they decided that letting go of Suter and Parisi was, was you know, because of Dumba's contract. I, I, I just don't understand what, and I like Matt Dumba. He's a good player. But why... Are you willing to basically, I mean, imagine the wild with those four players as opposed to one guy. You, you've created so many holes to keep one guy who hasn't won any hardware. I mean, he's a great guy. What he does in the community is awesome. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about winning Norris trophies and it's about winning playoff series. And you haven't really done that with Matt Dumba. And he's getting no, $6 I- million a year. Yeah, and it's again. I mean, they're they're a team that, you know, I just I look at the 
implications of the buyout, and and that's just going to be a, a tough, tough uh, hole to navigate for Bill Guerin. So uh, when I look at that, I don't think it's worth the headache. I'd start fresh. All right, Stormy, your third team. You guys went a lot more out the box than I did, um, but <laughs> I so and I picked the L.A. Kings. And granted, I know that Detroit, Columbus, New Jersey, Anaheim, like there's a lot of teams that were still below them, but it doesn't feel that out of the norm as your guys's do. But for me, the only really good thing that the Kings have going for them, in my opinion, is their reverse retro jersey. That thing's a ten. Yeah. Like, everything else. Yes. Everything else. I'm I'm not so sure. Like that's another one of those teams I feel like that's paid a pretty hefty price for those cups they've won um and they missed the playoffs now in each of the last three seasons Kopitar and Dowdy both with double digit millions salaries and I mean Dowdy's I think goes through 26 27 and it's not that they haven't performed but I wouldn't say they've outperformed or really lived up to the numbers that they're being paid at this point and say the same about Jonathan Quick and I mean I get they're in a rebuild anyways but I just feel like in general their house cleaning could have been a lot more aggressive. So throw it all out. Throw it out the window. Um, the only way I'd say no rebuild for you is if you land Jack Eichel. Perfectly fair. Chapman? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have gone that direction because I feel like the Kings have already started a, a rebuild. They're started, but it's not going great. Well, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of people who feel that they could be a playoff team this year. Whether or not that's the case, I'm on, I'm on the side that they won't be. But... They'll, they'll, they'll be close, I think. My my third team, and I feel like I'm kind of going with low-hanging fruit here, and that's the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Um, look, your your star player and a guy who does have the potential to win the Norris Trophy in Seth Jones, it looks like he's going to be moved out. So you're already kind of starting that. Patrick Laine, yeah, he's an RFA, but it sounds like he wasn't very happy in Columbus. I just came across an article where he basically ripped – uh, former coach John Tortorella he says he, he didn't have any freedom. Tortorella doesn't give freedom to anyone. The forwards want to create offensively, but uh, he doesn't really give you the opportunity to do that. So we have no idea if Patrick Line even wants to stay in Columbus. Look, he won it out of Winnipeg, and that's a good team. Columbus isn't a good team, and let's be honest, it's not exactly a major media market. There's other guys who have won it out of Columbus, um, a guy who happens to be in New York. Uh, you look, they have three first round picks this year. Maybe you're able to get something for Seth Jones and you, yeah, they've got some trade bait. Yeah. And you look at their roster. I don't really feel, look, I like Zach Wierenski. I think he's a really good player. I like Cam Atkinson. I like Bjorkstrand, good players, but are they irreplaceable players? I, I don't know. I don't really look at their roster and say, wow, they've got a lot of guys who are irreplaceable. They have a, they have a strange goalie situation with Kerpersalo and Merzlikens, who's the, who's the true number one? You know, you, you know, it's it's undefined. They 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 kind of split the action again this year. So and they're both UFAs after next year. Yeah, so there's so, going to be decisions that need to be made on those two. So why not start today? Blow it all up. Look, you've got a brand new coach in Brad Larson. <laughs> you bring in a brand new front office. So, I mean, why not? You know, John Davidson yeah. comes over from New York. He he's he's a guy who's been around the game quite a bit. He's seen a few rebuilds. Just blow it all up and start they all over. They moved on from torts anyways. Just yeah, keep going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, I think that would be my argument to leave it. You've moved on from torts. Let's see how that opens things up for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I did not go Columbus. I thought about it. I really did. But 
there's just not enough there for me um, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I'm sorry, when you've got a 31-year-old defenseman who's under contract for the next hmm, six years at an $11 million cap hit, and then you've got a 33-year-old center iceman who's under contract for three more years at $10 million, and then you've got a goaltender. You've got a goaltender who's under contract for two more years who you probably could have traded, I don't know, two years ago, but you didn't do it, At uh, who's under contract, oh, by the way, 35, uh, at $5.8 million. The only logical answer here is the LA Kings. As much as it pains me to say it and admit it, the fact of the matter is, Drew Doughty, six more years, $11 million. That's where the conversation ends. That makes me feel so much better, Ryan. I thought I was out here on an island, but I have overlap with both of you guys now. There we go. No, no, you are not out on an island. As much as as much as I appreciate what Drew Doughty brings to the game, there is no way that Drew is ever going to live up to meeting that contract, yeah. let alone exceeding it. You're never going to get $11 million out of, of, of production out of Drew Doughty, and for that, if you can get out of that contract in any way, shape, or form, you do it. And for me, I understand what everyone says about the Kings prospect pool. I totally get it. Quinton Byfield is going to be a star. Everyone else, I don't know that they're going to be stars. I think they're going to be very good NHL players. And I would argue that if you get rid of those contracts, you can build your identity the way you want it to. You can find diamonds in the rough. And you'll probably get to a point where sooner than later, you can supplement with the right pieces to become better. I just look at the LA Kings as a team that's still got way too much money committed to guys whose yeah. best years are way in the rearview mirror. Yeah, like I said for Dowdy, that contract goes through 26-27. And I mean, their lead scorer is 36. You need to inject some of that youth. And we've talked already about their rebuild and they're working on it. But I'm with you 100%. Blow it up. Keep the reverse retro jerseys. That's all. <laughs> See, and... and, and I- I, I guess I could kind of get behind that pick because here's here's the thing. I look at their roster, and Ryan, you mentioned the talent pool. The, mm-hmm. the reality is your three probably top prospects, Turcotte, Byfield, and Arthur Kaleev, they're all in the minors. So they would still be in the minors, right? I mean, we're not getting rid of the entire minor league system. <laughs> you're, you're just drafting a new team, a new NHL team. So your, your, your three top prospects – are still in the minors, so so they'd be safe. I mean, I like Gabe Velarde. I like Adrian Kempe, but are they irreplaceable? Like like I said with Columbus, they're probably replaceable guys. You could probably find guys who give you what those guys give you on the market. Chapman. Chapman. Yes. Drew Doughty and Andre Kopitar are replaceable. <laughs> like, let's be honest well, here. Let's, at some point, everybody's not, replaceable. And 10 and 11 but. mil. Like, that's so <laughs> I, that's what much I'm money. Like, like Legitimate question, and this is something to ponder because I want to get your answers after the break. Okay. okay. Which contract is worse? <laughs> is it Eric Carlson, six more years at eleven point five million, or is it Drew Doughty, six more years at eleven million? Think Ugh. that one over. I already know the answer think, in my head. Think it over. <laughs> Just think it over, and we'll get to it on the other side of the break. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 
We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Just letting it breathe here on a Friday afternoon. As we've gotten into which teams would take a Seattle-style expansion rebuild. You put everything into a box, you throw the box away, and you draft all new players. There's some teams out there that I really think could utilize that. We've touched on it already here. And Stormy Bonantoni and I hit on one team. And I was a bit surprised, I'll be honest, Stormy, that you came up with L.A. Not because... Not because I didn't I didn't expect that kind of out of left out of left field, but I felt like when I came up with LA, I thought I was kind of going way way out because <laughs> you look at that team. No, no, seriously, you look at that team, right? And and I don't think that there's when you look at other teams around the league, like you look at San Jose, you look at Buffalo, you look at Arizona, you look at all these different teams where I think it's it's a little bit more obvious. The LA Kings didn't necessarily strike me as an obvious choice, but I'm glad you went down that road because it got us to this question. And it's an interesting question, and I think you can tackle this in in a number of different ways. But which contract is worse for their respective teams? Is it Drew Doughty, six more years at $11 million, or is it Eric Carlson, six more years at eleven point? Five million dollars. Discuss. Well, let's just say, obviously, they're they're both brutal. And if you were they're to terrible, Goog- yeah, if you were to Google right now, worst contracts in the NHL, like those two have got to be at the top of the list. And I mean, eleven and a half for me. I I think Eric Carlson's is worse personally. Um, we'll obviously go back and forth on this, but eleven and a half million, six more years, highest in the league among defensemen. Um, injuries have taken their toll on this guy he's not close to producing the way he did offensively um the way he used to be he's worse defensively you do see the bright spots obviously like he can still make a pretty incredible breakout pass here and there and the zone entries are strong but he's he's lost a step and God, that's so much money for so long. Like, what are you? I that's the one for me. Like, that is eleven and a half million. That is brutal. So here's how I'll push back a little bit on Eric Carlson in in, in how it relates to Drew Doughty. So my argument, and I'm not sure exactly which one I think is worse, but my argument for not not jumping immediately to Eric Carlson is. At least at a time, Eric Carlson was one of the best, if not the best, defenseman in the world. And I know that Drew Doughty won a Norris Trophy. Uh, let's call it what it was. It was a, a Lifetime Achievement Award for Drew. He was not the greatest or best defenseman in the league that he, uh, the year that he won it. So he's getting a uh, Lifetime Achievement Award, and he still has six more years on his deal? Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was before he even signed the deal. But but saying. here's here's the thing. But here's the thing for me. At least with Eric Carlson, you've got six more years at an astronomically high 
cap hit. But there are going to be some nights, and they're not going to be many, but there will be some nights where Eric Carlson will do some things on the ice, and you'll say, okay, I think that an $11.5 million player would make those plays. Like, there will be times where Eric Carlson will absolutely dominate the game. And as good as Drew Doughty has been throughout his career, he's just never going to produce or be at an $11 million level. He just isn't. It's just not something that he's going to have in his makeup, not on any day throughout the remainder of his contract. So at least give me little glimpses, little glimmers of hope when I look at Eric Carlson. If he's at that level, I'm like, okay, at least I can make an argument for it. With Drew Doughty at $11 million, I don't feel like there's any argument you can make for that contract ever being a good idea. Yeah, I hear you. Like, he, <laughs> he he's certainly lost a step that's not coming back. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, you get the glimpses with Eric Carlson, but that's a pretty expensive glimpse, you know? Like, uh, I don't know. Chris, where are you <laughs> at on this? It's all I have now. All right, so I'm going to go with, with a kind of out of the realm of what we've discussed approach, and I'm going to call it the collateral damage approach. Here's why the Carlson contract is worse. You look at the other contracts San Jose has. Brent Burns, he's on, on contract until 24-25, making $8 million a year. Mark Edward Vlasic, he's under contract until 25-26, making $7 million a year. Logan Couture, he's 32. He's under contract until 26-27, making $8 million a year. Evander Kane, he's under contract until 24-25, making $7 million a year. At least with L.A., some of their bad contracts, and then I don't really feel like it, it was. it's a bad contract for Kopitar, right? Because he's still really, really good. But that's going to come off in a couple of years. And the anchor or the albatross, like that's, that's the word I like using, the albatross isn't going to be hanging around the L.A. Kings like it is the San Jose Sharks because they've got so many more bad contracts that at least with the Kings – You'll be able to move on, and you're like, all right, yeah, we still have Drew Doughty under contract for four more years or whatever, but at least we don't have anything else that's kind of weighing us down, preventing us from moving forward as an organization. San Jose, they're not going to be able to move on as an organization until almost the end of the decade because of all the bad contracts they have. But, but see, this is why you guys are getting a glimpse now of why those were two of my three. Yeah, I, I, I you know what? I... Columbus is scratched off. I, I feel like the Kings should be on that list, too. <laughs> so now that we've talked about terrible contracts, let's get into free agency. Because always, whenever we get to free agency, there are you know some contracts that make a lot of sense. There are some contracts that you immediately look at and you say, oh, boy, that's going to be uh, one that you're going to regret for a long, long time. And I want to kind of tilt the lens to the Vegas Golden Knights because as we've we've looked at some of the names that have come out we obviously know that that Zach Parise, Ryan Suter they're going to be uh, uh, free agents come July 28th looking for a place to play Gabe Landeskog we, we documented it yesterday just how low the offer was from the Colorado Avalanche to Landeskog and kind of where he's looking and what he's looking to to get as a player on the open market are there are any of those names, Landeskog, Parise, Suter, do you look at those three as fits, potential fits 
for what the Golden Knights might want to do in the offseason. Well, if you could get Landeskog for the price that uh, Colorado was trying to pay him, maybe. <laughs> but that's not the case. Um, the name of those three, at least, that stands out the most for me is Zach Parise, just because, uh, you know, we all know the history by this point of him being the captain of that New Jersey Devils team that Pete DeBoer was coaching at the time. Those two have obviously been very complimentary of each other, even this postseason when um, I asked Pete DeBoer just some comparables of Mark Stone and Parise in terms of leadership. He was talking Mm. a lot about that he's kind of one of those extensions of the coach on the ice type of a player. He isn't always like the yell and scream at you type of guy, but the lead by example coach on the ice type of a person and really respects him as a person and player in his game. And yes, he is 36 years old, but that could be maybe another one of those veteran assets that you need and want on a contender. His offense is no secret. Yeah. Falling off. <laughs> um, but he is a postseason producer and I, I think that at least of those three names that you're giving me right now, that's the one that stands mm-hmm. out the most to me. What about you, Chapman? Well, I went off the board here. I went other. In, in the original text, you said other. But of those three. <laughs> I think we would all probably go other. Well, Come on. Well, I mean, I came up with an other, too. But of those no, three. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to other. Okay. But give me of those three. Well, I think okay? I think Landeskog is the guy, right? Because obviously he's a, he's a, he's a leader in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas it wore, wore a C in Colorado, may still end up wearing that C in Colorado. Wore a C for a team that won the President's Trophy. So obviously he he's got the the capability to help you in that department. Not that the Golden Knights need any more guys with C's on their chests, but I don't know how adding another one to the fold would hurt, <laughs> right? Because you've already got you, you've got Petrangelo, you've got obviously Mark Stone. You've got yeah. Max Pacioretty. All have experience being captains. Why not add one more guy to the fold? The Golden Knights are always talking about locker room guys, and I feel like Parisi is a guy who, yeah, he he's a good locker room guy. But when we're talking about on-ice production, I feel like Landeskog is a better player. You guys, plus, plus I he, don't mean to he, jump in and be weird about this, but did you guys kind of mm-hmm. see the way that that the Bill Guerin and Parise Suter situation went down on those phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's an yes. incredible story. They're like attached it, to hip, those two. They're like conjoined twins. But, it, like, it can really you imagine is... talking a friend of yours, like, off the ledge, like, hey, Zach, you know, it's it's okay. Like, you're going to do great in your next landing spot. It's a fresh start. <laughs> you know, that's weird. I have a missed call from Bill Guerin, yeah. too. <laughs> oh, he's calling me right now. <laughs> What the like hell is going I, in, on? in that in in that moment to be inside Ryan Suter's head just for just for a moment it would it would have been fantastic but I mean you know it's it's tough how that how that kind of ends up now in terms of those three players for me as as much as I think Gabe Landeskog is the better player I'm bringing in Zach Parise because I want somebody down the lineup a depth player that I can count on to score in the playoffs. And I think somebody that can, with the right role on the power play, can certainly help you there. So of those three, it would be Zach Parise, mainly because Ryan Suter automatically kind of goes away for me because I just I don't think defense is where the Golden Knights need to add if they're going to add anything in, in the offseason. I think it's going to be up front. Now, in terms of other, and Stormy, I'm not sure if you looked at 
other or if you've got kind of an idea or a thought on on a, a potential free agent. But the the name that I keep coming back to, the name that I keep thinking about as this offseason progresses is Alexander Wenberg. And and it's Wenberg for the exact same reason William Carlson has worked, the exact same reason that Chandler Stevenson worked. I look at Wenberg as a potential diamond in the rough. I think it's a guy that immediately improves your center depth, and you have options as to who you kind of put in different situations in order to get either a shutdown line or more balance throughout your lineup. That's That's the name, and I don't know why, but it's the name that keeps coming back to me every time I think about what the Golden Knights could add in the offseason. Ryan, are you really hoping that Kelly McCrimmon is listening to this show because you've talked about a shutdown line a lot lately? I have, yes. So is that, yes. are I, you I don't know, maybe. <laughs> planting some seeds? I, 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 it's, it's not, well, yes, I mean, probably. I, now, listen, I would love it if, if, I, if Kelly was listening to the show. <laughs> if he was listening to the show, he'd probably call me and say, uh, nope. Nope, not doing it. I, I, I have a very clear idea of what I want to do. But for me, like just in terms of, of where where I see the ability to improve from within or without adding adding a big key piece where you have to subtract from the roster, I just look at the idea of establishing a line that can dominate defensively to free up your best offensive players to simply focus on offense. I just think that's a strategy that will help you score more goals in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I was just, I guess I was surprised that you didn't want to go for more of a trigger man because I'm kind of in the same sense of looking for that defensive forward. I. I yeah. like that 200-foot game type of a player, and we've seen the success that those guys that we do have on our current roster, I mean, we, yeah, I'm one of them, um, that the Golden Knights <laughs> have on their current roster that have had a lot of success. But I, I, I like the Winberg pick. He's obviously a good player. He had a bit of a prove-it deal last year, and he lived up to it. He proved it. He had, I want to say, 17 goals. So, yeah. yeah, good season. He's obviously defensively responsible, um, could play – really well potentially with a guy like Alex Tuck. I like that pick. Isn't he friends with William well, Carlson? Gonna, yes, they are. They are very they, close. They are they are very they are very good friends. So there's <laughs> another another key to, to all of this as we as we move along here on a Friday. We'll take a break. When we come back we'll set up our number two Shang Pang's gonna join us very soon and we've got one timers still to come right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. There it is. Before you know it, hour number one comes to a close. A little bit of John Mayer bringing us back. Well done, Chapman. I I appreciate that. A little sob rock for everybody. Uh, You know, Stormy... Before we get into hour number two, before we bring in Shang Pang to discuss everyone's favorite topic in Vegas, the San Jose Sharks, um, I got to ask you, when when you sit down to do this show as a co-host, does it seem to fly by a little bit more than maybe you expected it would? Yeah, um, but I guess it shouldn't have been that big of a surprise for me considering when I come on with the pregame show with you on game days, I feel like that is like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how long it is, maybe like 
15 minutes or less, but that goes by in like two seconds. So I guess I should have just clumped together all the 15 minute segments and realized, oh, a two hour show. Yeah, it'll go by <laughs> in uh, three minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It really is how how much there is to talk about in the off season and how quickly two hours go. Hour number two is coming up next. You've got a chance to win tickets for Battle for Vegas. You're going to want to continue to listen for your chance to win those tickets coming up in hour number two. When we come back, Shang Pang will join us as we break down the San Jose Sharks, what they'll do in the offseason, how they're going to approach the expansion draft, all coming up right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.